cool. Did, did that clap work for you, Stephanie? It clap it did, worked for it me. Did. My my favorite part about editing is I always have to cut out the of you. Really? You That's every pick, time before it, the clap. It pick, well, because you, you kind of know it's coming, right? <laughs> but every time you rub your little handsies together, and it's very cute. Well, all right. Uh, I'm now. <laughs> I'm now going to be so conscious of that. Self-conscious. That's what I'm here for. I am here to provide you with fresh new neuroses at every opportunity. That's friendship. <laughs> That is friendship, and I hate you. you. So when we get invited to do, like, podcasts and shit, I'm like... Oh, we're gonna, Where's this going? Is this going to be a Zoom threesome? What's happening? <laughs> you know, if it gets us, if it gets us more patrons, I'll do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Heather, or I mean, we're talking about 100, 100 patrons, no. 200 patrons. No, every, absolutely every, not. I am, uh, y'all. I am for sale. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Oh my god. I had a guy. Uh, I had a guy once uh, uh, actually tell me. Because uh, I I had a uh, I love Agent Carter on my scrub profile, <laughs> and, and, and he was like, "I just saw that show too. It's amazing. Can I pay you three hundred dollars to uh, lick your feet?" And, and for you to lick your feet? No, for him to lick my feet. Okay, because I don't know if I could lick my own feet for three hundred dollars. I mean, I would wash first. I mean, I've kind of done it before. I mean, yeah, I can't quite get it. But but for me, all the way to my. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Like, uh, y'all, if you would like to uh, purchase a five dollar month Patreon membership, you can see what Stephanie just did, and uh, her husband must be a happy man. <laughs> and her boyfriend. I, I, I used to be. I used to be more flexible, but kung fu fucked that up. So. Yeah, well, go figure. Beating the shit, getting the shit kicked out of you all the time. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, he was not down. I was not down with it because he insisted that it, it, it my feet be dirty, and I just don't. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, told I told you that, that variation of story yeah. before. Yeah. So yeah, no, no. Mm-mm. But I'm glad he liked Agent Carter. I also like Agent Carter. Don't you like Agent Carter, Stephanie? <laughs> I like Agent Carter too. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> All right, we've reached the point of the show where I'm reviewing what we've talked about, and I'm not sure I want to keep any of it. So you need to dance, monkey dance, be more entertaining, give us more fodder. How, I need I, how can I? Most... How can I give you more fodder? I mean, I've given you all the fodder that you could possibly ever fucking want. I give and I give and I give. I'm a giver and a taker, don't you know? How dare you demand more of me? Um, no I... more wire hangers <laughs> ever. <laughs> That is a remake, a movie that needs to be made. Not not a mo- another Mommy Dearest movie. I no. want a movie about the making of that movie. You know how they do? They oh, did wow. like over Faye Dunaway's dead body. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I mean, uh, but have, did you see? I forgot the name of the show, but like it was over the um, feud with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Mm. It was on FX or something like that. And that show was fucking marvelous. 
Like, yeah. like it, like it was cool. A lot of cool behind the scenes information. The actresses who were playing them had way too much fun playing them and <laughs> really played up the thing. I don't know if you've ever seen whatever happened with baby Jane, but like watching that show and then going back and watching that movie, which is kind of a cult classic mm-hmm. is fucking wonderful. Joan Crawford was the biggest bitch of all time. And I stand oh. her. Okay. But you got to stand her with an asterisk. Yeah. Because she was a monster. No, she was a terrible monster. Yeah. Yes. Like she, she was, no one could cross that bitch. In Hollywood, can't nobody cross her. And you didn't, uh, yeah. If you did, you suffered. You suffered a lot. Yeah. But the thing is, is so did everybody in her life. Everybody in her oh, life yeah. suffered all the time. So, monster. Yeah. If weaponized monster person. If, if your kids are making a <laughs> memoir about how awful you are, you're a bad person. <laughs> but I remember, I remember, I think we've mentioned this before, but I remember there was one year when my kids were littler and you were still living in the same town as me, uh, that you were like, Heather, I'm taking you out for Mother's Day. And I'm like, Mother's Day though. <laughs> like, why am I hanging out with you to whom I have not given birth <laughs> on Mother's Day? Uh, but then you told me what the event was and it was, oh, was it, it's the quote along? The Mommy Dearest quote along. The mo- I think it's a shout along, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, where a bunch of local drag queens uh, mm-hmm. put together at at uh, at, a, at a movie theater. Everybody sits around and gets drunk mm-hmm. for brunch. Uh, at and and we watch Mommy Dearest, and we were all issued a wire hanger, mm-hmm. and you tap 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 it uh, <laughs> to to signify that she's getting angry, yeah. and the angrier she gets, she gets the louder and faster you tap the wire hanger. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. And like every time the little boy looks at the camera, you scream at him to stop looking at the stop camera. Stop looking at the camera. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> it's uh, so fun. So uh, apparently, I have a memory of my mom. Uh, apparently, apparently they did shout uh, shout alongs to that movie a year after it came out. And the way it would work is if you were, mm. if you were there for the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, oh. they would play Mommy Dearest before. And so, <laughs> right? So my mom... It's so long. My, so long. My mom would show up dressed up and they were playing Mommy Dearest, but you were allowed to walk around the theater that she, they did it at. Mm-hmm. They were allowing drinking there. So BYOB, even though she was like a teenager or yeah. something. Whatever. Um, and yeah, they would have Mommy Dearest playing in the background where people are getting ready for the real show. And that was mm-hmm. just a thing that they did. And wow, what a time. What a time. Uh, but no, in conclusion, uh, Joan Crawford's a monster. Yeah, and uh, and all of this is related to Peggy Carter because um, old Hollywood, huh? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Joan, Joan, yeah, Joan Crawford's era is starting uh, mm-hmm. at, at when the show is. Uh, yeah, let's get to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough sharing with the audience for one day, right? Um, but do you remember? Hold on. <laughs> do you remember that one part where you finally get to see Joan Crawford in a casket? And we still scream. (laughs) (laughs) She's laying there in the casket, and suddenly you hear all these wire hangers going tap. (laughs) (laughs) Because she could still get up. Angry from beyond the grave. Well, the bitch was breathing. Right? Because the the movie was so bad. The movie was, (laughs) it's a classic, but it was terrible. Uh, And yeah, yeah, Faye Dunaway was still totally breathing. I I remember showing that movie to a friend of mine. And he was like, this is the funniest fucking movie ever. And he looks it up on IMDb and he looks at me like he like I stabbed a cat in front of him or something. Oh, my God. And he said, this is a drama. Oh. And I'm like, Dave, it was a drama. 
There's a reason Faye Dunaway doesn't fucking talk about that. She will not talk about it. She will. She has. uh, There's somewhere on YouTube a montage of her being interviewed and people asking her about it. And she just gets up and walks out of the interview. Oh, yeah. She won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because she's a goddamn badass. And I'm not sure why she did it in the first place. And I'm just checking. She is still alive. Absolutely. She is 81 glorious years old. She doesn't look it. She's fucking hot. (sighs) She's always been gorgeous. Anyway. Unbelievable. Okay. All right, we are definitely stalling at this point. We are stalling on purpose, y'all. You can tell. We we don't uh, want it to end. We don't want it to end, but we do have to intro the show. I do, do have, have some. To. We do have some business to conduct, Heather. Business. We do. Okay. Okay. I'm we have people the who show. we have people who love us. Weird. Okay. I know, right? Uh, I'm going to enter the show now. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And I don't look, I don't have performance anxiety about this moment. It's not like I'm choking and there's a lot of pressure. I just literally can't think of a goddamn thing. That's okay. (laughs) I accept this about myself. It's fine. It's fine. Hi, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm the gay guy. Uh, I also wish today I could be an electric cable so bad. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was a hose. It looked like a hose, like a garden uh, hose. We'll talk about that. And uh, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. I want to let you know I'm not thinking any unsavory thoughts right now. Wait, there's one. (laughs) There's one. (laughs) God damn it, Stark. The Stark Stark of it all. Oh gonna miss him he's dead now anyway so i guess uh before before we get into why we're really here and what we're gonna be talking about today do you have anything i do steph people Mm -hmm. uh i i have been begging for weeks (laughs) saying that nobody loves marvelous divas and boy (laughs) did our listeners deliver okay did we get a bunch and you should just do a couple Uh, we got two we got two which is literally 200 percent more than we've gotten in the past couple episodes All right. To be clear, uh, we're fine either way. Like personally, our, our our egos can handle not getting reviews, but we just like it because it boosts our show. And uh, I'm sorry, who, who who is this, and what have you done we, with Stephanie? We no, we can handle not getting reviews. It's I, it's legit. I need to be loved. Okay, I can handle it. Chris needs it to live. So if you Apparently. please leave a review, I either need you to love me or hate me. Leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you can't leave it there, then, you know, send us a DM or something with it and give us a five-star rating wherever you can. Anyway, so that it's like, it's like, it's like clapping for Tinkerbell. That's what it is. You're keeping him alive. Uh, Violily241 says, funniest Marvel podcast ever. Uh, so I've been waiting to write this review until after I finished school for the semester. Congratulations, oh. by the way. We, yeah, I wouldn't know what going to school is like, even when I was supposed to go to one. Uh, but this is the best Marvel podcast ever. This podcast and their other one have been one of the only things that kept me sane through my longer than Thanos' purple grape chin Saturday class. Oh, two, we, we ended that with chin. That was not the noun I thought we were getting. That, that's awesome. Uh, me, uh, when I first I read this, this is where I was going to. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Those two are on the same wavelengths as my men- mentally unstable rear end. Twelve out, of, <laughs> Twelve out of ten would force this podcast upon any and all of my Marvel friends if I had any. Uh, <laughs> Violently, you do. You, you have to. It's us. You got. You got. You got us. You don't need anybody yeah. else. Fuck everybody. Um, yeah. Fuck them. And then last, uh, last review. Um, Ashley 
aka I, Dathomir daughter, who I got to hang out with at Celebration. She is fucking I awesome. Know you. I love her. She's hey, amazing. Hey. Um would would definitely recommend going to Celebration with her because like, you know, the whole time I'm like in awe and she's just like super excited and she's a wonderful guide. Uh, unlike uh, <clears throat> Charles. Anyway, so uh, oh absolute must-have for any true Marvel fan. When Stephen, <laughs> when Stephen Chris announced they would tackle the MCU on a separate podcast, I was over the moon. I would get <laughs> I would get the press when I run out of uh, Dark Side Diva episodes. So this was is a treat. I love the research they do for every episode, and that each episode is better than most BTS bonus features you'd find on a DVD Blu-ray. Oh well. Wow. Thank you again for everything that you, you two do for us. Our days would be disappointing and a lot less entertaining without you two. Much love, Ashley. Uh, mwah, to you, Ashley. I oh appreciate that. Oh my god, that. that was very sweet. Thank you both so much for that. Uh, Chris will now live another day. So <laughs> appreciate that. Which, uh, as you know, Steph, my end goal is to achieve Lichdom. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Do you have anything else, we, dear? No, we are stalling like fuck, though. I have to say. I, just don't, wanna, I don't want it to be over. Y'all, we talked about this uh, on, on video for our Patreons, um, our patrons, but we have never ended a thing before. Ever. We um, have never ended to, a well, show. Well, to clarify, I have ended a lot of things, um, you know. <laughs> in, in regards to the podcast, I'm not talking about friendships. <laughs> <laughs> Acquaintances. A- acquaintance if you will. Careers. Careers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, and I just, the caffeine just kicked in, so apologies in advance for all the face I'm going to be fucking this day in moving forward. But no, we've, we, we haven't finished a show on either of our podcasts yet. This is a first time. And so <sighs> it's quite fraught, isn't it? So, yeah, um, we're going to talk about the show. I want to leave some time to talk about the aftermath the emotional aftermath of me <laughs> watching the show. And then I kind of also want to just talk about this show in general and how this kind of stacks up against everything else we've seen from Marvel. Um, so mm-hmm. buckle yeah, your yeah. buckle your seatbelts, y'all. This could be kind of long. I, it's going to be a bumpy It's going to be a bumpy roid. Yeah, so heads up. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. No. All right. So what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, as best we can assess what that is at this time, given the multiverse situation. Uh, so what multiverse. we did is we, we multipass. Uh, we started with Captain America, the first Avenger, and we have been moving forward through Agent Carter, which lands us firmly in the summer of 1947 in the MCU timeline. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about Agent Carter, season two, episode 10, the series finale, Hollywood ending. (laughs) And it's okay. We're fine. We're fine. We're We're fine. fine. We're okay. We're okay. It's fine. Do you have a previously on, my dear? Explosion. In In the series finale of Agent Carter, our heroes are confronted by the horror of Zero Matter Unleashed. How will they save the world this time? Will Agent Carter finally confess her love for Agent Souza? Will Howard Stark appear to save the day? Luckily for us, we will discover the answer to all these questions and experiencing a fulfilling and satisfactory end to one of the mar- one of the best Marvel shows of all time. Not. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no ties left undone. No cliffs to hang upon. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so who is uh, responsible for my pain, Stephanie? 
Uh, the same people that were responsible for last episode. Literally oh, really? The exact same team, directed by Jennifer Getzinger, written by Chris Dinges, and that's how I'm pronouncing it. Not Dingus. Uh, Michelle Fasikas and Tara Motors. <laughs> they all wrote it. So that's that's who we can pin this on. I blame you. Um, yeah. No, this is my fault. I made you do this. Yeah. Y'all, to be clear, as we go forward into listening to Chris suffer the paroxysms of grief, uh, and, and all of its stages, uh, as we conclude this, uh, <laughs> this series, please recall, Chris didn't even want to fucking watch this show. Absolutely true. 100%. When we were first talking about doing an MCU podcast, I was like, oh my God, chronological order. Uh, that means that we get to watch Agent Carter. And Chris was like, fuck, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. No, I do not want to watch that. Me, 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 me. I had to force him. You did. And here we are. And here we are. And I'm just going to sit in my smugness and also in my sweat because it's hot as balls in here. (laughs) Y'all, it is over 100 degrees in Texas right now. And I have to turn off all the fans to record for the sake of audio quality. Uh, So it's just, it's, I'm just, it's swampy. (laughs) It's swampy in this room. The musk is real. (sighs) <sighs> anyway, uh, I will sit here in my swampy smugness uh, and enjoy your pain <laughs> because this is, pain, <laughs> this is the pain that I went through in 2015, 2016, whenever it was mm-hmm. that the show ended abruptly and was snatched away from me. Yeah. So go ahead and feel it. Roll around in it. Swim in it till your fingers get all pruny. On your deathbed, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to wander into your hospital room. I'll have my mask on. Okay, I'm going to wander into your hospital room with a television set and a <laughs> streaming device of some sort, perhaps like an Android uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. And I'm going to put on fucking Gilmore Girls. And you're, <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> and, and that will be the last motherfucking thing you see. I accept this. Yeah. I accept this fate. This is legit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have foretold of this moment. Anyway. Okay, okay, let's get into the episode. We have stalled long enough. Um, we are back. The title card says 60 seconds ago. What? <laughs> I know. We're back outside of uh, the waste management facility that is acting as Whitney Frost Laboratory. Right. And uh, Thompson is pointing a gun at Samberly, telling him to turn off the thingy that is jamming the signal because Thompson wants to blow Whitney Frost the fuck up. Right. Right. Okay. And so Sam, Samberly, though Sousa and Peggy are screaming at him not to do it, just reaches right over and turns it off. He's, he's a coward. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, uh, not everybody can be uh, a hero. It's cool. You're fine, Samberly. It's fine. Uh, uh, leave Aloysius so, alone. <laughs> you just love him because he's you. Anyway. I, 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 he makes me feel seen. It's true. <laughs> he makes I, me feel I, completely I, seen. Look, shout out to the actor. That character is fucking complete. I love him. Love him. Uh, so Aloysius turns it off. Thompson turns around and he's got the trigger in his hand. And then Peggy's got a gun pointed at him. <gasps> Double cross. I know. <laughs> Double cross. <laughs> and Thompson looks at her and smirks and he's like, you won't shoot me. You don't have it in you. Well. And Peggy says, there was a time when that was true. Not mm-hmm. anymore. And like, oh, no. Uh, and she had oh, that face. No. She, no, she fucking meant it. Y'all have got to watch this episode because, yeah, I I put in my notes, this this woman's for real. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, she cocks the gun. She's totally about to shoot him. He's totally about to push the trigger. They are playing chicken at this point. And we get right up to the penultimate moment of the tension and then boom. But it's not the gamma cannon because Jason Wilkes exploded. (laughs) He exploded. Back in the labs. Okay, so inside the lab because we got to go in and see what happens. Absolutely. Right? Uh Uh-huh. So they're poking around. The place is fucking wrecked. Something definitely exploded, but it wasn't the gamma cannon because it's in one piece. Right. But so this morning when we recorded Dark Side Divas, uh, you kept mentioning and referencing the puddle that you woke up in. (laughs) So then we get to this scene and there are puddles of zero matter all over the floor. And I was like, okay, (laughs) why? Why are there so many puddles in my day? I don't. What did I do to deserve this? I I was just referring to puddles of lube and sweat and other. Yeah. See? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's that's so much less horrifying than puddles of extra-dimensional, malevolent, semi-sentient goo. I mean, you're te- correct. technically, if you're comparing it to, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yours is much more wholesome. <laughs> Particularly when somebody points out all the zero-matter goo puddles on the floor must have come from Jason Wilkes. <laughs> <laughs> I have that in my notes, too. <laughs> but they find Wilkes. <laughs> they do like he's fucking alive he's not all exploded holy shit all the zero matter is out of him side like, note he's, um, he's good what i started watching the boys uh-huh yeah when people explode they don't come back i'm just saying <laughs> i was ex- I, so so going from that to this i'm like oh my god there's gonna be jason wilkes pieces everywhere and no, if, no, no, no. This is a very different quality. quality ABC show. Family Show, even though the word bitch I'm was I'm so used. glad you're watching The Boys, by the way. We need to do an offshoot, maybe in between <laughs> the MCU. You know, I, I, I would love that, actually. I'm only on the second episode, but holy fuck, it's oh, hilarious as shit. And <laughs> so wrong. Anyway. I'm not sure what we could do to it. But anyway, okay, getting back to this. Um, so they find Wilkes. He's fine. He's solid. He's corporeal. And he doesn't appear to have any zero matter in him. He's like, it's all gone. I'm amazed now. And But then they notice, oh, no, the zero matter on the floor is moving. We get some T-1000 bullshit. Uh, I don't like it. For you young kids out there, there was a movie called Terminator 2. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I'm going to say. This, that was a reference for the, us old people. <sighs> anyway, so it. the goo, they, they watch the goo. They follow the trail of the goo as it all converges on a pile of rubble in the room. And out from underneath the pile of rubble comes a little foot with a high heel shoe on it. Okay, so did you... I immediately went to the Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch... Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I think that, that was probably that. deliberate. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my God, the Zero Matter is going to bring her back alive. No, she's already alive. She was already alive. Ah! She she shoves the rubble away. She stands up and sucks all the Zero Matter up into her. Mm-hmm. And then she smiles with her coal black eyes, looks at them and goes, there. Everything is where it belongs. And no, fucking no. wrong. Get yeah, Susan's about to shoot her. Susan's about to shoot her. Peggy's like, no, that's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. We need and to not just gonna run. Work. Not going to yeah. work at all. But they can't run super fast because A, Susan's got a crutch. And B, Wilkes is better, but he's still hurt. Yeah. Like, he's still not doing great. And so Peggy's having to support him. They're shuffling as fast as they can out of this place. They get outside. They're like, where the fuck is Samberly with the car? He's gone. Because... Okay, well, we'll we'll get there in a second, but yeah, Samberly is not there. 
Uh, right. Whitney comes out of the place, and it's a whole like monster movie moment where this bitch right? is like rolling up on them, and uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, they're all fucked. And then out of nowhere, thank God, Jarvis hits her with a car with for the a car. second time. <laughs> Wait, he hit her with a car before? Yeah, in the uh, two episodes ago. Okay. You know what? I've slept since then, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to take your word for that. And then <laughs> the back door of the car opens, and Howard Stark leans out and goes, Jarvis, you just hit a woman with my car. I know, sir. She's a two-time Oscar nominee. Miss Frost is quite resilient. She's fine. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And then Samberly pulls up right behind them. And he's like, sorry, I got turned around. I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, okay. everybody get in the cars. We got to go. So I have to call this out. Hmm. Aloysius was, I don't know, 50 feet away from the fucking uh, plant. Uh-huh. And he got lost. Yep. Here's like, the thing. Really? Again, speaking from my direct experience with having legitimate uh, scientific geniuses in my family, I'm not saying that to brag, by the way. I'm saying that so that you will all be sympathetic with me because, my God, being a normal average intelligence person, living with real geniuses is a nightmare. <laughs> it's true. But the whole savant thing where they can, like, calculate pi to the last digit and fathom the deepest secrets of the galaxy, but cannot tie their own goddamn shoes and will get lost trying to go someplace they've been a hundred times before and can see from here to there, that's legit. That's real. That happens. Yep. Love them through these times. And it'll be fine. And it'll be all A-okay. Yeah. So anyway, they scoop everybody up in the cars and they go. Whitney gets up back onto her feet, undamaged by being hit by the car. Okay. Because she's a horror okay, because movie she's monster a, now. She's a monster now. She's, she's at, Jason Voorhees now. She's at full power. She is She is the cutest little Jason Voorhees you ever did see. But uh, she's way worse than Jason Voorhees because oh. she will not only kill you, she will take you to a different dimension in your death. And not metaphorically, like a little death, like a like a bump chicka bump bump. No, take like a horrible death. Place. Yeah. No, like you'll actually just fucking die. Okay. Speaking so, of which, uh, Vernon, he's gone. Oh, oh, he's dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't even bother trying to find his body. They're like, um, he's in here somewhere, and he's dead, I guess. <laughs> so that seventies uh, dad, rest in peace. May I never ever see you in another show again, playing <laughs> the same fucking character. Unless, of course, we're talking about that revival show they're talking about doing. Unkind, unkind, but accurate. Uh, we're back at the SSR all of a sudden. Back at the SSR. All right. Yeah. So um, Thompson and Souza are rounding up the agents who, you know, Fucked tried to kill them. Yeah. Tried to kill them. Were sent to murder them in the desert. Those guys. Yeah, those yeah. guys. So yeah. so Thompson's all, hey, Vega's confessing. He's singing like a bird, selling Vernon uh-huh. out. And Souza's like, what did you do? Did you hit him or something? And Thompson's like, nah, didn't even lay a hand. Which... I don't believe that. Well, no, I think he did because he's like, I guess my my reputation precedes me. Like he's just like, mm. I yeah. But we we talked about how in the previous episode, Thompson is rolling bluff checks and and lying right and left and double crossing. That's a really easy lie to get caught in, though, because like you would just have to walk into the room where Vega is and see that he's bloodied and be like, oh, okay, okay. that's fair. Why I, would Thompson lie about that? He is not ashamed of the fact that he. Commits police brutality on a regular basis. Okay, you're right. I am wrong. Yeah. There you, yep. go. There you go. Oh, wow. Wow, that sounded like a practiced mantra. Oh, shit. Are you uh, okay? <laughs> what? 
I just so wait. I am a dumb bitch. I say that to you all the time. You're right. No, I, I felt right. like that was like a that was like a. I've been friends with Stephanie for a really long time, so I have learned to just say you're right and I am wrong, so we can move on. I do not do things like that for the record, um, especially <laughs> if I wish to antagonize you. That is your your most common wish. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so, so down in the lab. Yeah, we're back at uh, we're at Howard's lab. Yeah, no, we're at the lab in the SSR. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you are right. You are right. I'm sorry. See? Usually when I say the word lab, I'm thinking Howard's weird basement lab. No, there's that's the Shea Stark lab, and we will be there later. But for now, mm-hmm. we're still we're at the lab in the SSR. Howard is there, so I can see why you'd be confused. He is staring into a microscope. I almost said microphone. That's me. I am staring into a microphone. <laughs> I am never drinking a bunch of fucking caffeine right before recording again. <laughs> You're like, what? I am so sorry, y'all. I feel like I am all It's not like this episode's important or anything. I mean... (laughs) That's why I did the caffeine. I wanted to be awake for it. I wanted to be on for my fans. Listen to you. I'm so excited. I know, right? I'm so excited. Stephanie is... I'm so scared, Zach. Stephanie is the Whitney Frost of the show, officially. No, I'm I'm the Jesse What's-Her-Fuck of the show. You are a two-time Oscar winner. I was making a Saved by the Bell reference. I know, I know you are. I know you are. But I, I'm trying to loop us back to Marvel. See, <laughs> it's not working. I, it's I got, not working. I know. I, I, I veered too far. Stephanie, I'm focus sorry. on the this shawarma. Focus on the shawarma. I don't see you. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, Howard is there. He is staring into a microscope. And Wilkes is describing what it was like to go through the Zero Matter portal. It was freezing. The type of cold that kills. There was a blackness. A- a dark beyond dark. And Stark is all disappointed. He's like, man, I was hoping you would see something other than nothing. Okay. <laughs> and Wilkes is like, no, to clarify, that wasn't nothing I saw. That was zero matter having entirely consumed that entire dimension. Oh, wow. Is what that was. And all zero matter wants to do now is come over here to this world and entirely devour it as well. It's like a disease. It's like a cancer. Uh, and he and Whitney were the, the patient zeros of mm-hmm. zero matter being able to get into yeah, zero, zero matter, hmm. uh, being able to get into this world. And so it's out of him now. So it's only way into this world is Whitney Frost. And if she's not stopped, Zero Matter will devour this entire planet and possibly this entire dimension. So I, I made the mistake of watching the news right before we watched the episode, oh. right? Oh, no. So I, Don't do that. I turned to my partner and was like, can Zero Matter now come into our world and take this, take it all out? <laughs> take it away. I, for one, welcome our shiny black goo overlords. <laughs> yep. Our space goo. Yes. Space goo. Anyway, uh, so Howard Stark is slightly more impressed with that and also declares that Wilkes' blood sample is clean. He's slightly anemic, but other than that, he's fine. Good job. No more zero matter. No more zero matter. Just like that. All you had to do was explode. Yeah. Yeah. And ain't that always the way? Like, that's really the only way to do that, right? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, Sometimes oh, you God just get it. Sometimes you just get it all pent up inside and you feel like you're going to explode. So you really just got to go rub that out real quick. <laughs> The metaphor died in the face of a beaten off joke. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Subtlety schmuddlety. Welcome to Marvelous Divas. Can I just say I'm so proud of myself as a 40 year old man that I can still do it like five wow. times? Wow! I just, I'm just gonna, just gonna throw that out there. Anyway, so uh, 
Heather? What? I told you my jaw is sore. I, I am sore elsewhere. It is it is pain. Okay, anyway. So, so. anyway, <laughs> Wilkes turns to Peggy and Wilkes is like, hey, so I'm sorry I kind of trying know, to kill you? Yeah. Fucking asshole. Like I that I, I did bad things and I threatened to kill you and stuff. And Peggy's like, look, hey, it's fine. It's fine. And Howard goes, Yeah, don't worry about it. Peggy's always getting threatened. <laughs> And that wasn't really received very well. Like Jarvis it gave wasn't. him Jarvis gave him a very dirty look. And this is kind of the point of the episode where I realized Jarvis is tired, Jarvis is traumatized, and he's just kind of like kind of I don't want to say he's subdued. I would compared to how he used to be, right? Well, yeah, but Jarvis has a couple of moments in this episode where he gets that's my best fucking friend you're talking about. Look on yeah, his face, absolutely, and I love him for it. I love, I love him. I love for him it. so much. And this is one of them. He turns and looks at Howard like, "The fuck did you just say?" Mm-hmm. But Howard leans into his shitty little brother moment because that's the dynamic between him and Peggy. Absolutely. And he's like, uh, "I'm just saying, maybe the problem's you." <laughs> <laughs> and like Peggy maybe, Peggy did smirk. She did because he's just being a shithead. Because how he starts a shithead, and she's he's a shithead. She kind of yeah. she kind of loves it. Kind of loves mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he's a lovable shithead. Yeah. He's a lovable douche, and I feel like that is a an archetype that will carry through the MCU. It's genetic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, okay. It evolves into something much more obnoxious. Uh, so wow, but, is he ever? I can't wait to talk. About I can't it. wait to talk about that either. We're gonna talk. Oof. Actually, we're gonna talk about that sooner rather than later in this episode. Oh. Um, mm. So back at Whitney's house, uh, Whitney Frost is doing something totally normal, right? Uh, in my notes, it says uh, Whitney's house. Oh, good, we have a crazy wall. A fucking and and at, at the beginning of this episode, it's just at this point one wall. I, I do yeah, want to point just that out. the one wall. <laughs> uh, so I tried like crazy to look at a few of the diagrams that she no, was writing, don't. and I could I I, and I just couldn't. But um, I did look it up. Some of the schematics are actual representations of like drawings of basic set pieces because uh according to some of the uh, background story of this one particular episode they forgot to like have enough diagrams to fill up the wall oh no so they were like oh shit let's just put some of our stuff on there too so like there's like stage note stuff like like tucked away in the corners (laughs) of her wall so nice yeah nice but you can't see you can't see it it's it's no no and the thing is, she's not writing directly on the wall. She's writing on pieces of paper and sticking them all over right, the wall. Right, right. So, and yeah. so in walks Joseph. Uh, Joseph Manfredi, who is a plus supportive boyfriend. I have to remind myself a few times in this episode that he is, in fact, a racist piece of shit. He's a racist because, murderer piece of shit. Because he's, I'm fine with the But he loves his girl so much. He loves her so much he walks in he goes he calls her angel face and he's so sweet he looks at her and smiles looks at the wall and goes huh wall's coming along <laughs> like he's just he's being so kind about her obviously fucking batshit behavior right now uh and he's like hey so how about how about we get you something to eat and she says no um and then he tries again he's like but but really like you haven't eaten anything in forever and she looks how at- about you she looks at, she looks at, she's looking a little gaunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, he's like, why don't you come, why don't you come get something to eat? She slaps his hand away. Which he does not appreciate at all. Oh, the rage in his eyes. Mm-hmm. This is Joseph fucking Manfredi. He is the boss of the Manfredi crime family. 
Nobody talks to him this way. Nobody slaps him around. Nobody looks at him and disdainfully says, don't touch me while I'm working like she just did. Which she just did. Whoo, girl. And like, what are you going to do about it? Because she's got superpower black goose. She'll fucking kill you. Well, I don't think it's And also he loves her. He loves her. Um, I think, I don't think he feels threatened by the black goo thing. I think he's hurt. He's legitimately hurt by her. Because not only- not only is he yeah. letting her get away with like something he would kill people for. Oh yeah. Um, but he's trying to help her, and she won't let him. And he's just mm-hmm. like he's like he's angry and heartbroken at the same time. Right. And like guys like Joseph Manfredi don't process heartbreak very well. Nope. Uh, we have already heard how Joseph processes heartbreak from the stories of what happened when she broke up with him the first time. So. Yep. He bro- he broke people. He killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Over a card game. Yep. Yikes. So, full of all of these emotions and all of this confusion, Joe goes and talks to his nonna. Hmm. <laughs> I love this conversation because, look, I understand Spanish fairly well, and Spanish and Italian are very close. And so, from what I can gather from this conversation, like, you can get yeah. what she's saying. Like, she only speaks Italian in this conversation. I'm pretty sure it's Italian. It is Italian, um, yeah. But <laughs> but my favorite part is he's, like, he's standing there, and he's got, like, he's got it, he's got his jacket off, and you can see he's got a gun. Like, he's standing there in his gun harness and everything, and he's just, like, telling Nona all about how when Whitney came back into his life, it was getting the sky opening up and him getting his own personal ray of sunshine. Mm. And now, now it's a ray of garbage. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> in, a, in an accent. Now it's a ray of garbage. <laughs> garbage. And he's like, and she, nobody talks to me this way, the way she's talking to me. And you can tell what Nana says is she talks to you that way because you let her. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, no, 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 no. It's not her. That's, that's not the girl I fell in love with. This is, this is a whole other person. She's not acting right. Something's got her. And Nana clearly asks him, do you love her? Yeah. Absolutely. And he says, with all my heart and soul. Mm. (laughs) And so she says, something, 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 the devil. (laughs) Now, she's not speaking metaphorically. She thinks Peggy is the devil. Yeah. That's who she's referring to. So she's advising him. like, And I think that's why she's speaking in Italian here, because it's supposed to be a surprise. Later, which, spoiler alert, we see him again. uh, Because he has now been pointed in that direction. So, so we don't have long to wait for that surprise. No, but uh, uh, side note. Um, so uh-huh. my partner, as I've said on the show multiple times, he is so much smarter and knowledgeable than me. He knows <laughs> a lot of random trivia. So mm-hmm. I have this running joke with him where if I don't know something, I'll automatically turn to him and be like, what, what is this? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And 50% of the time he knows the answer. Oh. So when she is speaking in Italian, because I knew it would annoy him. <laughs> do you get my personality traits now people um i would he's be a like antagonist i would be like what is she saying and he's like i don't speak fucking italian <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh that's cute okay so we cut to a lovely outdoor lunch on the porch at yeah. Shane stark yeah yeah um it's jason wilkes uh howard stark and peggy carter at the table yep uh they're putting together sandwiches doing what they do uh and wilkes is like hey thanks for letting me stay here quick question uh howard is there a portrait of you in every bedroom in this house yeah 
<laughs> yeah, and Stark's like, uh-huh, art, it's a collection. Art makes a home. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, okay, uh, we are actually here to figure out what we're going to do now. Are you going to make a new Gamma Cannon? Uh, no, because, and Wilkes points out, even if you kill Whitney with the Gamma Cannon, there's still zero matter in the world. So right. the Gamma Cannon isn't going to fix the problem. And Stark is like, you know, you could just make a new containment system and then we could scoop up all the zero matter and take it back to Stark Labs and study it. Peggy vetoes that. Peggy sees that bullshit for what it is right uh-huh. away. A, st- yeah. a Stark should never have zero matter. No, ever. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. And then their lunch is interrupted by Edwin Jarvis walking out onto the porch with his arms straight up in the air. Yep. Just like last season when they pointed, when the SSR guys pointed their guns at him. God, his arms go straight up it. from the shoulders. But he had... Uh, so during this whole scene, Howard's calling for the mustard. And I agree. Right. You put fucking mustard on a sandwich. Absolutely. I mean, people, come on. Yeah. When I go to a Subway or or quiz whatever, a sandwich shop, and someone's like, yeah, I'll have a turkey on rye and just mayonnaise, please. It's (laughs) an abomination. Oh, my God. You people that don't like mustard, I don't understand you. Anyway, I hmm. I pointed out because Jarvis was still nice enough to have in his right hand. He had the jar of mustard mustard. that Howard (laughs) was yelling for. But he also has Joseph Manfredi standing right behind him with a gun. Yeah, that's a problem. But what I love about Jarvis is Butler Gunna Butler. Yep. <laughs> because not only does he have the mustard that his employer has requested, when he walks out there, he goes, introducing Mr. Joseph Manfredi of the Yonkers Manfredis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so cute. Uh, but Peggy assesses the threat of the situation and she goes for her purse which apparent which presumably has a gun in it oh i'm sure and and man freddy's like yeah i see a gun this guy sees heaven it's like okay yes sir howard stark stands up steely-eyed he stares at joseph man and says you can't just walk into a man's home and take his butler hostage oh yeah well you can't steal my underwear uh okay what to which Stark retorts, I'm telling you. You can't wear your skivvies in a schwitz. A what? I looked it up. Oh, good. <laughs> a schwitz is a bathhouse. Like like a sauna, like a place where dudes go. I'm assuming this is a straight dude bathhouse. Yeah. But well, you never know. I mean, if you're if you're in a sauna, you just wear a towel. Right. Apparently, Manfredi tried to wear his his skivvies into that particular situation, so Stark stole them. These guys are old friends. All of a sudden, they're laughing. Yeah, all of a sudden, they're laughing at each other. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I'm sure Jarvis was totally amused being held by gunpoint by a mafia uh-huh. person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Stark. Great. Thanks, fucking Howard. Yeah, well, and Stark is like, ha, 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 hugs and laughs, hugs and laughs. Hey, you guys know Joseph Manfredi? And Jason Wilkes is like, yes, I know him. He kidnapped me and helped Whitney Frost torture me. And, yeah. Uh, Howard. Torture by a big, fucking, horrible needle. Yeah. So then Joe turns to Jason Wilkes and without a single trace of, of racism, so I'll give him this point, he goes, yeah, and that was wrong of me, mea culpa. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine now. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's great. All is forgiven, I guess. Anyway, they're like, fuck are you doing here? And he's like, well, I think we all have something in common. We're all really worried about Whitney. <laughs> Uh, worried Uh is not the word I was going to use. Yeah. Anyway, commercial break. We come back. (laughs) 
And <laughs> the, their, their faces when Joseph Manfredi tells them that he wants them to help him save her. Yep. I was the same I way. Mean, I was like, really? Is this happening? Okie dokie. He tries to appeal to Wilkes. He's like, you know, you've, you've had the zero matter in you too. You know that it's the zero matter that's making her do this. And Wilkes is like, uh-uh. no, uh-uh. she is a willing accomplice motivated entirely by her own innate lust for power. Because he said in the last episode, Peggy, uh, when Peggy was confronting him and trying to save him, mm-hmm. Wilkes was like, Peggy, it wasn't zero matter that influenced my decisions. It right. was totally 100% me. So mm-hmm. now Wilkes is trying to be like, no, Joseph, she wants to do this. Everything yeah. that's happening to her is her doing. Well, yeah, and he's and he's like, you know, she's she's a power hungry monster person, is what it is. It doesn't have anything to do with the zero matter. That's just who she is. And Joe's like, yeah, sure, but <laughs> 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 he totally like that's why he loves her. <laughs> let's let's recalibrate our expectations Aww. for this conversation. But he's like, she doesn't eat, she doesn't sleep, she spends all of her time scribbling formulas all over the walls, and she wants to open up the rift again, and like. It's, and so everybody's Excuse like, yikes. Me? Okay. Uh, the rift? Uh, a rift. The rift. A rift. Huh. Yeah. And they're like, no, but she can't because all of the, the nuclear material from the Isodyne lab experiment is gone. She can't open it again. But Wilkes is like, no, look, she's completely a genius. She'll figure out a way. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do we fucking stop her? And Peggy goes, no, 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 no. We don't stop her. We beat her to it. We open the rift. We knock the zero matter out of her and send it back through the rift to where it came from. This is the most Avenger thing Peggy <laughs> Carter has ever suggested. Am it's I wrong? So fucking, it's so fucking nuts. Of course it's going to work. Because that's the problem. Up to this point, they've been like, how, how do we neutralize her and neutralize the zero matter? We have no way of containing or getting rid of the zero matter. But they know that the portal, when it's open, sucks in the zero matter. It sucks in everything. When it's closing, it just like everything into it. So Peggy. that's the only safe disposal system. There's nowhere else. you can't keep it on this planet. Howard Stark will get his hands on it. Absolutely, even if you keep it contained. So or or, or worse, Leviathan yeah. or somebody like that. You know, Ooh, yeah. Bring so it back like, to season one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're like, <laughs> oh fuck. Okay, how how would we even do this? And Howard Stark is like, you kids are so cute. God damn it. Yeah, he's so he's a condescending ass for a second, but he's like, "How do you think? How do you think the greatest geniuses in the world ever come up with any uh, anything that they do? They steal it from somebody else, right? And so we're just going to go steal Whitney's plans. Yeah, because she's already figured it out. Is this where Jarvis says something like, also, or, or Howard says something like, you know how I, you know, you know how I do these things, or something like that? And Jarvis says, uh, drinking copious amounts of alcohol and hanging out with yes. a bunch of women. Loose women, Loose women, yeah. Uh-huh. Which yeah. is accurate, and that's kind of what I would be down with, too. Yeah. I, I think the fanfic writes itself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, we're going to go steal Whitney's plans, and Joseph's like, you can't do that. She never leaves that room. And Peggy says, well, you're just going to have to get her out of there. So figure it out. So now we're working together. <sighs> Joseph Manfredi has been added to Team Carter, yeah. and we're going to The we're roster is... Is odd. Getting well, point. we already got rid of one certified bad guy when Vernon died, so we had to get another one back on. Right, I feel that. So then our next scene is Joe knocking on Whitney's door, 
This is when get chicken psycho. And oh, the whole room is full on crazy now. Every every inch of the room is covered in papers and drawings. The furniture has been all pulled away from the walls and piled up in the middle of the room. Yeah, everything is covered with it. There is an amazing shot because she's like down in the corner of the room by the window, scribbling on some paper. And so we get a shot that there's a particular thing that they do, like an anime, to show you that a character is completely fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. The shot gets super close on a weird part of them, like smack in the middle of their forehead, maybe. Mm -hmm. So their eyes look like they're looking in different directions. You'll get an extreme close weird angle shot to sort of emphasize how this character no longer has a normal perspective on reality. You know? Yeah, yeah. Know so we mean. get this we get this super close shot of Whitney's hand way in the foreground, scribbling on the wall. And that draws her arm up into this angle. The entire camera is slightly tilted. So the walls behind her are not at the correct angle, and Joseph kind of looks like he's walking through a funhouse to get to her. It's a great shot. Yeah. Yeah. It and really emphasizes that this bitch is crazy. We have we have officially lost Whitney. She is Oh yeah, Whitney's not home right insane. now. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, she gone. Uh, yeah, so Joseph is like, yo, <laughs> I got a guy downstairs, he's not really scared of me, I was hoping you could do that cool blue, sh- uh, cool black shit, and scare the fuck out of him. And she's like, so you want me to be your muscle? And he goes, the most beautiful muscle there is. Aww. And like, aww, I guess? We did skip over something I think is kind of important. Um, huh. You know, we, we just mentioned Whitney's fucking crazy, she's obsessed. Right. And she's like, this is the most important thing ever. Right. And Joseph says, just as important as me. And there's a moment where Whitney comes back. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, oh. She really does genuinely care for him. She does. And and Joseph really loves her. And God damn, this is so heartbreaking. Anyway. These crazy kids. No, they'll be fine. Be fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, she agrees that she will go help him muscle this guy as soon as she's done with this equation. Okay. So Joseph steps out in the hall and there's Peggy and Sousa like ready to come in. And he's like, no. (laughs) Not yet. No. (laughs) Waves them off. He grabs one of his thugs. Specifically, this is the thug from last episode who uh, came in and informed Whitney that Jack Thompson was there. Oh, yeah. You're right. I didn't know it was that guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, his name is Hank. Go, Hank. I did not make a note of the actor. Sorry, Hank. And uh, he brings this thug in and is like, okay, you're going to sit down. And the guy's like, okay, whatever you want me to do. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> so then Whitney comes in. And Joseph starts interrogating Hank and asks him, how long you've been working for little Tommy Fontana? Right, which is... I forgot who did it earlier in the season, but somebody... Sousa. Sousa. That was Sousa. Sousa threatened him with little Tommy Fontana. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're back on our Tommy Fontana bullshit. Yep. Okay. So the guy was confused, but nonetheless, Joseph starts beating the shit out of him, which, by the way, I kind of love that. Like, hey, Hank, just go with it. And it just beats the shit out of him. I would not go with that, but this is mob life, so... (laughs) It's that... And also, Hank clearly has about two brain cells to rub together. Yeah. Sorry, Hank. Love Sorry. you. But yeah, he's he's roughing him up and he's like, how long have you been working for him? And the guy's like, I only work for you. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. Tell me what you want me to say. Right. I don't know. And so uh, Joseph is like, okay, we can do this the easy way. Or he points at Whitney the hard way. Mm. Right. And she's she looks bored out of her mind. She's like, yes, dear. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, she wants to go back and do her shit. 
Exactly. Uh, so meanwhile, speaking of back and doing her shit in Whitney's room, Peggy and Sousa are standing there staring at the walls and Sousa's like, oh, so she's real crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and Sousa's trying to make sense of all this. And he, and he was like, Peggy, what, what do you think Howard makes sense of this? And, or something like that. And Peggy says, he says, what does, what does all of this say? And she says, I don't speak megalomaniac. Fortunately, Howard Stark does. Yeah. <laughs> No lies detected on that. Exactly. They start taking pictures of everything in there and adorably, heartwarmingly, pants warmingly, mm. Sousa turns to Peggy and goes, hey. And she turns to look at him. He takes a picture of her. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, you should have at least one souvenir from your trip to California. Yes. And at that moment, my clothes fly off my body. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm just, you know, it's been weird. It's had its ups and downs, but I'm really glad we got to work together. <sighs> and, and he's and just the best. The, the, the look on his face, the lighting oh. shine on, shining on him. I was like, like would, this, would this, this be a weird time to have a quick makeout session? I was about to say, it would be weird. Uh, Peggy, it, take him now. Weird. You got like 30 seconds and, you know, men could do it that quickly. I know. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So you know, come on! But no, they're they're on a mission. They got to do <laughs> no, no, shit. no. They're staying on task. They're staying yeah. on task. They're taking pictures of everything. Anyway, back in the interrogation room, Whitney is bored and annoyed and declaring this a waste of her time and is about to walk away. And Joseph's like, "Well, hold on, hold on. Can you just do you do the thing? That thing? <laughs> do that just <laughs> a black, little bit? The black goo thing to scare him? Yeah. Can you do the thing?" And she's like, "Oh, fine." And she starts walking towards Hank, and Hank is in a full on panic now. And she reaches out a hand towards him, and he immediately confesses that he's working with the feds. Which was not part of the plan. <laughs> that was not it at all. This was, this was all fake. This wasn't supposed to actually result in anything. Joseph is like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> and, and Joseph, I think Joseph even says, well, damn it, now I have to fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As if, like, and he says that casually. And the funniest part is, so, like, Whitney's like, there, you got your shit. I'm going to go back to my, my, my bedroom now. Uh-huh. And Joseph says to Hank, wait right there after saying he's going to kill them. I know. And, and Hank the, sits there and waits. And he sits there and waits. Oh, Hank. Fucking run, motherfucker. Oh, bless you. Like, really? Anyway, uh, Joseph chases after Whitney down the hall and is calling her. And Peggy and Sousa in the room can hear them coming. Uh, and so they're scram- They're like, out the window. Fuck. So they're scrambling out the window. Sousa, last second, reaches over to one of the equations on the wall and changes a six to an eight. In the hopes that that might slow her down a little bit. Uh, specifically, he drinks it. He changes it from a six to an infinity symbol because he actually draws two lines around that, which is also you know a- you know the number eight is just the infinity symbol turned up on one end, right? Did you know that I got a lecture about this? I'm pretty sure that was just an eight, baby. I'm pretty sure Sousa's not going infinity. No, I, I 15 minutes of my life are gone. Stephanie, so how many times have you inflicted this these lectures that you get from some other party on me, and it's not right? Fifteen minutes of my life. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let us justify fifteen minutes of your life. Please tell me how wrong I am. And no, I I, I, I can't be because I don't agree with it either. So let's just go with it. And move on. <laughs> it was a number eight. Okay, it, uh, but in fairness, he did go over it twice, so it did make it look like the mathematical infinity symbol which has two lines not one which is what the difference between an eight and an infinity symbol you know who probably doesn't know that about math us daniel souza <laughs> why did i think but, of that earlier <laughs> but then again but then again 
He has made it a point in the past to point out he does work for the Strategic Scientific Reserve. So he does know some stuff. So it could be, could be, maybe 50%, 50 chance. Um, get Envergokai on the phone. Let's ask him. All right. And then I'm going to ask him other things, like what he's wearing. Oh, God. <laughs> Hold on. Please don't ever listen to this podcast. Please, please He's don't. not listening. Okay. So they get out the window. They manage to close it behind them. Whitney comes back. She's fine. She doesn't notice anything's wrong. And she's like, no more interruptions. She gets back to work. Meanwhile, back at the SSR, we have Aloysius Samberly, Jason Wilkes, and Howard Stark nerd arguing over something. I have. They've got all of the photos laid out of all of Whitney's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This thing gave me PTSD. And let me tell you why. Do tell. I run a lot of tabletop role playing games. (laughs) I never fucking. And Steph already knows what I'm going going for this. I never rules lawyer. I never argue about rules because uh-huh. as, my, as far as I'm concerned, what I say goes and just have fun. Sure. Yeah. But I always have a group of people at a table that are going to argue over every minute little fucking rule. And I just uh-huh. let them have it. But I'm wa- sure. But I'm watching this scene and it's like flashbacks to all of those experiences at once. Oh, my God. And it's yeah. fucking killing me. It's awesome. I love it. So these three are arguing. Peggy walks in. Jarvis is just standing there watching them like, what the fuck? Peggy walks in. She's like, what are they arguing? Have they, have they figured it out? Have they figured? And he's like, no, they've 100% figured it out. They're just arguing over who gets to name it. Yep. And Howard Stark wants to name this machine that they have discovered. She's inventing a machine that opens a rift. Okay. And it'll work. They know it. Uh, they've figured it out. And Howard Stark wants to call it the Shears of God. <laughs> Anyway, it is apparently a genius machine that connects the space-time of this world with the space-time of the world where the zero matter is. And it's so beautifully designed. As Howard puts it, if she weren't a homicidal maniac, I'd be in love. There you go. There you go. So there are... In fairness mm -hmm. to him, how many people does he encounter in his life that are just as smart or smarter than him? Very few. And two of them are in this room right now. Exactly. Anyway, so they are discussing the fact that this machine has issues. Like, if we do open a rift, how do we prevent more zero matter coming out? If we lose control of it, you're handing the machine to her. And they're blah, 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 blah. They're starting to get wound up into their nerd fight again. And Peggy goes, yes. Yes, there are many obstacles. But I'm standing in front of three of the most radiant minds on the planet. Surely you can find a way to overcome them. And like, yes, girl, you roll that feminine wiles check. Yes. Because there's flattery, and then there's beautiful woman flattery. Which is, Peggy is quite good at that, which is kind of weird because she's so bad at love. You know? Because <laughs> it's a tool. Men are not complicated creatures. True. Okay. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. So, they're just standing there preening. They have all been described as radiant minds. It got them to stop fighting and start thinking of solutions. And it's awesome. And uh, they're like, hey, okay, so we can set it up at the Stark Pictures studio lot. And Peggy will draw Whitney out. And Wix is like, actually, you probably don't have to do that. She will feel it the second the rift opens. And she'll come Ex- to us. Excuse me? Yeah. Like Creepy. what? Yeah. And and Peggy's like, wonderful. Oh, and it's called a rift generator and walks out. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, well, that's what it's named now. It's the, it's the rift generator. Trademark that shit. 
TM Rift Generator. So now they're all in the SSR lab and everybody's working together to build the Rift Generator. Even Rose is in on the effort. Okay. I I have to say, <laughs> I really love this part. Uh-huh. Because Rose is not a stereotypical hot woman. Mm-mm. But Howard is like flirting with her so hardcore he really is. And he really yeah. wants to get some of that some of that rose, which I cannot blame mm-hmm. him cuz I I'm down I want to get some of that rose. I'm down with that too. Please choke. She's magnificent. Rose. Somebody besides Samberly needs to be trying to get into her pants. Rose, please choke me. Um yeah. and, but like <laughs> she's the big guy. But poor Sam, poor Aloysius. Yeah, he's he's watching this and it's working. She is receptive to the flirtations of Howard Stark in a way that she has never been receptive to Aloysius. Right. So he's watching all of this from, like, the shot is the two of them, Howard Stark and Rose in the foreground, and Aloysius is behind them, like, in between them, and you can see his face. It's classic. But my favorite part (laughs) is Stark is like, your perfume is driving me mad. And Rose goes, it's Rinso. (laughs) Hey, Chris, you want to know about Rinso? I feel fucking I have done too many podcasts with you. <laughs> you knew this was coming. I knew this was going to fucking come. Okay, Stephanie, <clears throat> what is it? What, tell me about Rinso. <laughs> Let me tell you about Rinso. Rinso is the world's first mass-marketed laundry detergent. It was introduced to the United States by the Lever Brothers Company in 1918, and they had a major marketing push with this stuff. They marketed on radio hardcore. They sponsored radio shows, so it would be like the Captain America Adventure Hour, sponsored by Rinso, you know? Yep. And it was everywhere. And for a very long time, it was the only, like, mass-marketed laundry detergent other than that i guess you were making your own i don't know but like this was this was mass produced it was mass marketed everybody fucking used rinso it went world goddamn wide it got so popular in brazil that to this day rinso is common slang for laundry detergent in brazil wow yeah uh rinso was eventually like other detergents rose to compete with it the first major competitor was a little company you might have heard of called tide uh that popped up in the 50s i believe uh but and so rinso um was discontinued around the mid-1970s although rinso blue a variant of rinso was uh available in stores into the 80s wow so yeah rinso it's a detergent (laughs) it's her laundry her clothes are clean (laughs) <laughs> it's rinso so so here's an important thing i had a debate with this uh um i don't think Alo- so shortly after this um you know rose is like oh thank you mr stark and howard says you can call me you can call me howard and aloysius uh-huh. says can i call you howard too and <laughs> howard's like no <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think aloysius was aware enough of what was going on to be jealous. What do you He was th- absolutely jealous. What do you think? Okay, so you you're on he was jealous. I don't think I yeah. yeah. I think he's jealous of both of them because he wants to get with Rose and has been for a while. He's had a crush on Rose for forever. But also he has a man crush on Howard Stark. Oh. So like but any way you look at this interaction, he's jealous. And he's a petty bitch, of course he's jealous. I love I stand Aloysius. 
<laughs> anyway, this this little scene where everybody's working on pieces of the machine is giving us moments to have little one-on-one vignettes with characters. So that's that is Stark and Rose, the most unlikely pairing, and I'm here for it. Somebody get me fan art of fanfic, that particular fanfic stat. Uh, I want fan art. Mm. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we've got Sousa and Wilkes are working together mm-hmm. on something. And Wilkes is like, hey, so while we're here, I'm kind of doing my apology tour. And I just wanted to apologize to you for the evil shit that I did. And Susan's like, look, you don't need to apologize to me. I just have one question. Uh Uh-oh. Why did you hold your gun on her and not me? And Wilkes is like, oh, deductive reasoning, yo. I knew you would be the one to fold because I would have. Ding. And I'm like, it says in my notes, oh, he's lovely again. <laughs> I know, right? Right? Wilkes is, Wilkes is back to being so fucking incandescently charming. Uh, it's just, it's very sweet. And I'm, I'm glad to see him back. He needs to stay out of that particular I, arrangement. There's but. a slight difference in my notes. Uh, I say, uh, what do I say? Now fucking kiss. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd like that fan art too mm-hmm. um Sousa just looks a little thoughtful about it he's like ah oh, okay anyway uh we get a conversation between peggy and jarvis yeah where peggy's like hey so how's anna doing and it turns out anna's doing really well uh she's recovering she wants to get the hell out of the hospital uh apparently they had a good cry together over the fact that they're not going to be able to have kids anymore. a good cry over what could be over what could never be could never be yeah which is a different sentence. You're right. <laughs> I love the word never out. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's almost like maybe you're reading from notes and that's difficult for you. And I should stop ridiculing you for it. I'm nah, not going to, but I should. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was just a really sweet moment. And like, they're friends again. Everything's, Aww. we're getting back to equilibrium with this scene. Uh, but some things have changed. Thompson appears. Oh, let, let's uh, 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 real quick because this is oh. this part actually got me to tear up a little bit when oh, I okay, saw it. Okay, okay, um, sorry. Go ahead. You know, Jarvis was just like saying, you know, Anna's so strong; she's so optimistic. Yeah. And Peggy looks at him, and oh my god, I'm gonna cry right now. <gasps> I'm watching you. No, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, Peggy said says to Jarvis, "You may be the strongest of us all." I know, mm. and and like. That's legit. This guy doesn't have any training. No. I mean, he's got he's got his military training from before, but he's not a spy. All he's got is the fucking gumption to go out and do it uh, and keep doing it even after horrible things have happened. And that's awesome. Yeah. Peggy had superhero field training, basically. Uh, yeah. Jarvis uh, did not. <laughs> he had crash course in spy shit with Peggy Carter, which, I mean, you're going to pick up some skills that way, but... Only if you survive it. Anyway, that was a really good moment. Yes, absolutely. So then (laughs) Thompson pops his head in the door and he goes, hey, I'm not a scientist, but I'm here to help. What can I do? This is my favorite scene. The whole whole And Peggy looks at him. Peggy looks at him and smiles and goes, how about collecting the dinner orders? Snap. Oh, sweet, sweet revenge for all the times he told her all she could do was collect the lunch orders. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you would love that part. And he says, he says, you know what, Marge? I'm going to do that for you. Yes. And that's great. But did you see the look on Jarvis's face when he fucking called her Marge? Oh, yeah. 
Hatred. Oh, hatred. That that was that was the other. That's my fucking best friend. You're talking about. I love it. I face. fucking love that. I fucking love it. Anyway, yes, Thompson's going to go take the dinner orders. That's great. He is in Sousa's office. And he's on the phone. He's calling in the di- the dinner order. Somebody's got some really disgusting sandwich habits, but okay. Uh, pickled herring, I think, was one of them. Pickled herring. Okay, that's Aloysius's order. <laughs> yes, and it's vile. I'm holding you responsible for what Aloysius ordered for lunch back in 2016 or whenever. I, I like... Or 1947, depending like, on how you like look at it. I like pickled herring. What is wrong with you? What? I mean, you know what? To each their own. With some horseradish? It's so good. Wow, really? You double down on that shit, huh? It's so good. Anyway. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't... Okay. I, okay, I wouldn't order that. Uh, the other things that Thompson was ordering, I was, I would be more down with that. It's really good, though. It's Howard... Howard that, you know what? Really I'm good. glad you like a thing. Yeah. That sounds absolutely vile to me, but that doesn't matter. So okay, Thompson okay. Gets off the Side, sidebar. Oh, God. Where are you at with salmon jerky? I don't like salmon. Oh, never mind. Fuck that. All right, let's move on. I'm actually <laughs> not terribly fond of fish in general. Really? Huh. Yeah. I grew up on the Gulf Coast where it was all seafood all the time. And if you grow up on Gulf Coast seafood, you'll stop eating uh, anything that comes out of the water, too. Yeah. Facts. So. Facts, facts, facts. I really haven't gotten anyway. into seafood until I moved to California, so. I imagine it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Thompson hangs up the phone and he spies with his little eye. Uh, Vernon Masters' briefcase is in Sue's office. Hmm. So he opens it up and he finds uh, the fake Peggy file. Right. But he also finds the Arena Club Council tie pin. Huh. A storyline <laughs> from the first episode that never got resolved. Hmm. Oh, 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 he twists it and it pops out a couple of prongs like it's a key. <gasps> a key. A key to a what? A key to what? I can't. Surely that's something that will resolve this episode, exactly. right, Chris? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, this is where I start to realize that maybe they didn't know they were getting canceled when they made this episode. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, cut two. We are at the Stark Pictures movie lot. I assume this is actually a movie lot of some other. This is the Warner Brothers studio. So the the New York uh, street that they walk on later in the episode is literally Mm -hmm. one area over. Uh, This particular square, speaking of Gilmore Girls, is Stars Hollow. Uh It's also. I was about to say it looks familiar, and now I see it when I look at places. This is also where Agatha Harkis and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Wanda have their big fight. Like, yeah, this is this square has been so. The amount of I, I actually counted the amount of film that has played on this one area mm-hmm. is uh, according to IMDb and other websites over one thousand eight hundred and ninety five times. Uh, and those are those times are different shows and movie projects, not amount of times total. So that's nice. That's how heavy. That's it's how heavily. It's a busy this, spot. Well, you can change everything. You can literally mm-hmm. every single thing can be changed in a day to look completely different. Right. It's very cool. Yeah. 
It's very cool. And right now, it looks like a movie lot. Like, it's definitely set pieces. They're not trying to make this look like anything other than this is definitely a movie lot. I, all of the Stark Pictures employees have been sent home for the day. So everything's yeah. fine. It's just them. And reading um, reading some background notes of this episode, it mm-hmm. was, they were they said, it was quite frankly hard, the hardest thing they've ever did to try to make this look like a movie lot. Because it's designed to not look like a movie lot. Right. Right? So, like, that, and I thought that was interesting. That's so, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, meta. So they picked the, the fakest looking uh, building uh, out, uh, outside that they could. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried making the street look extra fake. Like everything had to look extra, extra fake. This was one of right. the most expensive shots they had to do for the entire show. <laughs> this entire scene is extremely expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, so they are setting up the Rift Generator. Uh, and they're like, okay, everybody's going to go do their thing. Samberly is going to go set up some x-ray thingies that are going to, like, shove the zero matter out of Whitney and into the into the Rift. You know what? Whatever. It's all bullshit. It's all tech bullshit. Stark tech bullshit. Sure. okay. All of it. Samberly is setting up x-ray thingies. Stark and Jarvis are going to be manning the cannon itself. Peggy, Susan, and Thompson are going to post up and look out for Whitney Frost, who's going to be showing up as soon as we open up the rift, right? Right. Okay. Everybody break, but Wilkes goes, no, 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 actually, real quick. Safety meeting. <laughs> and I love that he actually said safety meeting. Yeah, he did. He sure did. <laughs> he sure did. And he's like... Do we all remember that right before the rift closes, anything within a certain radius of it gets levitated up off the ground and then sucked into the rift? Yes? Good. We've calculated, based on the size of the rift that we expect this will be generating, you need a, there's a 20 foot radius around it. And he actually draws a line in the dirt. So 20 foot radius around this thing you cannot go into because if you are inside this zone, when the rift closes, you will be levitated and sucked into the rift. Huh. Okay. I wonder why he's making a point to mention that. I don't know. <laughs> Could be nothing. Right? I bet the key is much more important to the rest of this episode. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> God damn it. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, so they turn on the rift generator. And to my shock and surprise, it works. Yeah, right? And that's because this isn't Stark Tech bullshit. This is Frost Tech bullshit. Uh, and her shit works. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Frost, uh, Whitney, all the way back in her house, Whitney and her crazy hair sense that the rift is open. Yep. She, the, there's a disturbance in the forest. And it makes her smile. It works. My invention works. She, by the way, this bitch knows it's her shit that's being activated. Yeah, no, she she senses that a rift has opened and there's only one way a rift is opening right now. And it's it's like, we don't even have a moment. We'll see in a minute. We don't have a moment for her to be like, who fucking stole my plans? How did you steal my plans? Like, there's no processing that. Well, we don't have time. Well, I think I think she's too crazy to be that logical at this point. Right. So commercial break. We come back to Howard Stark hitting golf balls at the interdimensional rift. Because he's bored. Yes, because it's been a minute. Uh, he keeps missing and he's like, ah, what am I doing wrong, Jarvis? And Jarvis goes, sir. We are standing before an incomprehensible rip in the fabric of our world. Who's a seven iron? <laughs> They're so cute. Um, and so it's just taking forever. Like Whitney just has not shown up. They're just waiting with this dimensional rift open. Uh, and... Peggy and Thompson are hanging out. Yep. Yeah? Yeah, so Thompson's all like, uh, yeah, so are you going to rat me out? Because, you know, I was Vernon's <laughs> passing. And again, right. it's like, Thompson, we had this conversation already. 
And, right. and Peggy's like, no, Thompson, you were just a pawn. You were used. You're a good man, Jack. I know that. Which I was like, I oh, know. Peggy, I still don't like him. But, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And then Thompson had a moment of honesty. Mm-hmm. And he pull- busts out the arena key and shows it to her. Yeah. And and Peggy was like, wow, I can't wait till we resolve this storyline. It's going to be so <laughs> I can't great wait to find awesome. out what this key goes to. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I know. It's going to be like mind blowing. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Peggy was like, okay, well, I'm busy. I have to go. But then Thompson couldn't let her leave without asking her, hey, were you really going to shoot me? <laughs> and Peggy just gives him a look. And the answer to that question is, yes. Yes, motherfucker. I was going to fucking shoot you. And, the, and so he's like, you know what? You know what? It's, it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. I don't need to know. It's, mm-hmm. cool. it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So we cut to Samberly. He's messing with the x-ray thingies. And oh my God, Whitney's right behind him. I literally screamed really loud. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's her. And, and the thing is, when you're filming something like that, where you got to hide one actor behind the other, sometimes it can be really tricky. This but whenever perfect. it is tiny. Yeah. Like, whenever it is an extremely petite woman. So hiding her behind 900-foot-tall Aloysius Samberly was not a problem at all. <laughs> that was that was really easy, actually. <laughs> yeah. So Whitney is so crazy at this point. She's just walking right towards the rift. She doesn't notice the giant gamma cannon 40 feet away pointed right at her. <laughs> right. Her, she is all heart eyes for the rift, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's walking towards it. Uh, but we cut away. We don't see what happened to Samberly. They're trying to radio Samberly. They can't get a hold of him. And, and so Peggy or Su- Thompson, I don't know. They're like, you know, Daniel, do you have eyes on Samberly? He's like, no, but I got eyes on Whitney Frost. Uh huh. She's walking up. And so I assume Samberly's dead. I assumed as well, which was going to bum me out. Right? Anyway, uh, so she is just ignoring everyone, all eyes on the rift. She's going for, she's so fucking thrilled. She's like, it works. Oh my God. This is like, this is a come to Jesus moment for her. Uh, and it like down to like the light shining on her face so beautifully and the, the wind blowing her hair. It's awesome. So shark, stu- shark, <laughs> shark. Stark shoots her with the gamma cannon. Yep. And the, thank God, the zero matter (laughs) exudes from her and is sucked into the rift. And then she is arrested. Right. She, well, but first, like all the zero matter gets pulled out of her hands into the rift. She hits the ground and she's got Sousa. Uh, Peggy and Thompson coming at her with shotguns and she's crawling she, again she's ignoring everybody she is crawling towards the rift screaming no no give it back no okay girl anyway uh, Jack hands off his gun and scoops her up off the ground and he's like oh look your face is fixed you're under arrest <laughs> god damn Jack <laughs> And she immediately hand to her face. She's like, no, she's super upset. Uh, now there's a problem, right? Yeah. The rift oh, yeah. is becoming unstable. And, <gasps> and the super cool remote device that Stark built, uh-huh. shockingly, does not work. <laughs> yeah, it can't seem, it's, it's not working. They can't close the rift. The only way to close it is with the manual override, which of course is on the rift generator. What a great design. Right? And so... If you want to close that rift, you got to go into the danger zone to crank the the handle to cl- to do the manual override, which means that as the rift closes, whoever does it is going to get levitated up and sucked into the rift and gone forever. Right. So So of course Peggy's the first one to volunteer. Mhm. And then people start arguing about who's going to do it. 
Uh-huh. Daniel Souza takes it upon himself. So this is why it's an electric cord. Because um, okay. I, I looked it up. Um, electric cords are a common thing that are just left around the studio area. They have to, oh, okay. they have to connect, you know, these scenes from one end to a camera or whatever system. And also it was a 15 minute lecture I got. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and also it's very, it's very, very strong. So that's a kind of important feature. Unfortunately sure. though, they're very, uh, uh, slimy on the outside. Uh, sure. So yeah, so you tie that thing together and knot it. It's not gonna hold. Tremen- what is that? What is that me? Are we back? Yeah. So my alarm system likes to go off, especially in the middle of the night. Apparently there's a fundamental design flaw and it happens oh. and it happens so often that people are like, hey, it's probably not even fucking real, except apparently yeah, this that's time, the problem. this time apparently it was. So it's that whole cry wolf thing. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure if it's not going to go off again. So yeah. FYI. Was that the neighbor grilling bacon on the balcony again? Uh, somebody must've been. <laughs> I need to Hey, move. what were we even fucking talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> god damn it uh y'all sorry my my yeah everything you know this is this is the thing is we are not recording in a professional studio we're in our homes and when a fire alarm goes off in one of our homes everything needs to go on hold until we discover whether or not we're dying tonight so yeah oh i remembered where we i remembered where we were uh speaking of dying daniel souza is daniel souza is tied up and is trying to walk towards the thing so what ha- happened was mm-hmm. everybody was arguing about. I'm going to minimize you again. Uh, everybody was was making their case for why they should be the one to volunteer. Uh, so Peggy's like, it should totally be me because obviously I'm the hero. And Wilkes is like, it should be me because I fucked up a lot. And Jarvis is like, no, it should be me. And, and like every, everybody's saying it should be them. And then Stark looks over and he goes, oh, well, that's not fair. And Sousa has got a cable tied one end around his waist, the other end around like a light pole, Mm -hmm. and he's going towards the rift generator. Right. God bless him. I I love him. I love that man. I love love him so much. Okay. And he yells at them. He's like, you guys keep trying to figure out a solution. Uh, If you figure it out, I'll bail. But I'm going to go ahead and start this process Mm -hmm. here. Okay. Okay. They all just stand there and watch him, though. So. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Yeah. Uh yeah, so Daniel Souza does reach the crank and he starts to crank it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but then unfortunately, the cord which is not designed to be tied up that way, no. starts to loosen up and right. fucking Peggy. Well, okay. So while while that's going on, he's he's doing the cranking and they're thinking. They come up with the they realize that what they could do if they could find a way to do it is they can't shoot the gamma cannon again. It's going to take like another 20 minutes to charge right. It up, right? So, if they could somehow detonate the gamma cannon's core in the middle of the rift, then they might be able to shut the thing without having to do this and they could get him out of there. So Jarvis goes, you need to blow it up in the rift. Okay, he takes off. No explanation. He's just gone. Uh, meanwhile, Sousa starts floating <laughs> up off the ground. Because the rift and, is getting unstable. Right. And then the fucking cord comes untied. Right. Oh, no. So, of course. So, naturally. Fucking Peggy. Fucking Peggy jumps on the cord and tries to uh-huh. hold him down. And she's strong. She's athletic. 
she ain't going to overcome strong. a reality rift. Right. Like, the laws of physics are reversing themselves here. Uh, so Howard dives right after her and grabs onto her from behind. And then uh, I think Wilkes grabs onto him. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember. Samberly grabs on. They conga line grab the onto this thing line. to try and anchor Sousa so he doesn't get sucked into this thing. And God damn it, Howard Stark gets a solid ding on the bad timing witty banter counter. I still like the even, quote. Is it is it even witty though? Is it more pervy? It's pervy. It's a pervy. Yeah. It's not even witty. Yeah. Because this motherfucker says the line that you called out earlier. I want you to know I'm not thinking any unsavory thoughts about you right now. Wait. There's one. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. God. She Stark. Just, she just kind of she fucking ignores him, which is the correct response. Uh, so Souza is still trying to crank the thing closed. I think he's still he's he's trying, just holding but he on just for dear can't. Life, maybe there's like there's too many forces at this point. He can't he can barely like crank it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's yelling at her to let go. He's like, just let it go. It'll be, uh, he's doing the hero thing, right? Right. So then Jarvis comes back with Howard Stark's car, the flying car. It's the flying car, as it turns out. So ding on Stark Tech bullshit because the flying car actually flies. It, it, this is the second one, which they called out earlier in the episode. Uh, Howard Stark has invented flying cars, and this is the second one that works. This is the Mark II, and this one actually works. Because we saw the Mark I in Captain America the First Avenger. And it did not work. And it fucking fell apart on the stage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, fun story, uh, or mm. you know, fun connection. When you go to Disney California Adventure at Avengers mm-hmm. Campus, this is the car they have pictures of everywhere. This exact, the blue car and everything. I think I've shown you a picture of it. If I haven't, I sure. failed. But um, yeah, it. I, I was like, oh my god, Disney, yay! Okay. <laughs> so, Samberly runs over to the Gamma Cannon, pulls the core out of it. They put it in the car while Jarvis is like shoving his hanky into the gas tank and lighting it on fire. They're gonna blow this bitch up. Yep. So he like I guess there's an autopilot. We don't care. Fast and uh, Furious. Fast and Furious Marvel. Let's, yeah, let's go. It sets the flying car to go up and fly directly into the rift and detonate the gamma cannon. Boom! It goes off. Boom! The rift closes. Everybody hits the ground. And and, and Susa hits hard. Yeah, he like, lands yeah, he on face his face. Plants, his, yeah, his beautiful, beautiful face. Um, protects and him. It's, <laughs> and just like that, it's over. Just the like, rift in reality is closed. It's and gone. the whole storyline of that is wrapped up in the neat little bow? Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. And now we can yeah, move on to here. the arena pin and figure out what's going on there, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got so much episode left. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sousa and Peggy exchange a lingering, breathless look as they reckon with the fact that one of them almost died. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> and I'm, and I, so was, I was here for it. I was, yeah. I was moist. <laughs> Okay, so cut to the next morning. Uh, we are at Shea Stark having breakfast, and Howard is still whining about the fact that he didn't get to collect any zero matter before it all disappeared. Yeah, he even points out, look, we when we split the atom, people thought we were going to end the world, and look at us now. And Peggy's like, yeah, how about that weapons uh, Yeah, that weapons buildup that's happening right now all over the world? That's great, Stark. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Not a solid argument, sir. No. Uh, and then Wilkes comes in, and he's like, oh, is he still whining about that? Okay, cool. And he sits down to start eating some breakfast and Stark announces that he's going to go swimming, but Peggy should stay inside because he will, in fact, be swimming nude because bathing suits create too much friction. Uh, so fun, fun, uh, fun call out. He says that mm-hmm. he has an idea. Uh, he does say that he's offered Wilkes a job. 
Uh-huh. He's going to build a new facility in Malibu. Uh-huh. Stephanie, would you like to know about the HRL Hughes Research Labs? <laughs> um, sure. This is a real thing. Um, there is an actual research lab that was built by the Howard Hughes re- re- uh, Howard Hughes Company. It was an R&D uh, research and development lab. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I looked this up. In the MCU timeline, it started off as a Stark Tech facility. But oh. uh, but when Stark decided to eventually join S.H.I.E.L.D., he sold off different aspects of his own company uh, so that there would be less of, not a total, but a less of a conflict of interest. He, okay. he kept a plot of land, which eventually his son Tony inherited, and that mm-hmm. is the house no. that we see in Iron Man 1. You can see the HR, the real HRL Hugh Research Labs in the background on the shot you nice. see of the house. Huh. That's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cool. All right. I do roll. research. We will revisit that research point in a couple of movies. Um, we're not that, yeah, so we're not that far away from Iron Man 1. We're really not. Oh, my. No. Like, it's two episodes away? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. It's Captain Marvel and then Iron Man. But we're not there yet. we got to wrap up Agent Carter. Okay. Okay. Stop. Take a breath. Fuck. Uh, Wilkes and Peggy are sitting at the breakfast table. And Wilkes is like, so you're going back to New York? Cool. Hey, so are we? Are we cool? Because it's really... Uh, it's sad that we didn't get to, like, date for real, but... I get it. Like, I almost killed you and stuff. (laughs) You (laughs) turn out to be a punk-ass bitch. And Peggy's like, look, maybe if we'd met under different circumstances. But anyway, we're friends. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, I I already have someone in mind. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. So Peggy is taking her suitcases outside. And right then, Jarvis pulls up with Anna Jarvis in the car. Great. We're wrapping up the Anna Jarvis storyline. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's, She's home. Anna is annoyed that peggy thought she was going to leave without saying goodbye right i would be too peggy well peggy was worried that anna might not want to see her right because peggy's like the reason she got shot yeah so anyway anna anna and her have a good heartfelt moment and then they hug it out it's really sweet anna loves peggy especially because yeah she made sure uh peggy made sure jarvis would not be super harmed um right so anyway, so Peggy Peggy says she's waiting for a taxi, and Jarvis is like, "Well, I can take you somewhere." And Peggy's oh, like, mm-hmm. "No, Jarvis is super mega hurt that Peggy called a taxi. Super mega hurt. Yeah, and he's just, I will go pout inside." And Anna's like, "Will you please just let him drive you? It would mean so much to him." And Peggy says, "All right." And Jarvis leaps out of the house. <laughs> right. uh, in my notes, he springs out like a like like an animal. Woo! I'm here. <laughs> and he's like, ah, I've got your bags. Okay, here we go. I love him so much. I love them so much. Um, So Jarvis is going to be driving Peggy around. That's great. We cut to Whitney. In her house. In her house. What? In fact, at her her vanity in her closet. You remember where she spent like half of last season? And she's weeping into the mirror and she's rubbing her cheek and she's saying it's gone. It's all gone. But don't worry because she is comforted. By fucking Chadwick. Calvin Chadwick appears. They took it away from me, Cal. Darling, you'll find it. You just have to keep looking. (laughs) Uh, The camera turns a corner and we see that it is not lovely, perfectly made up and put together Whitney Frost in her closet. It is actually jacked up face Whitney Frost in a straight jacket. 
Yeah. She's clearly unwell and in a mental institution. Yeah. And poor Joseph is waiting outside her door. He has a bunch of flowers in his hand. And the attendant of the mental hospital is like, you can't take those flowers in with uh, mm-hmm. with you. And he's like, why? Because she's going to use the flowers on her face. Because she'll use the thorns on those roses to claw her own face open. She's trying to, and you can see yeah. on her face, she's got wounds on her face. That's why she's in the straitjacket. She's trying to open up the zero matter scar on her face again. Yeah. So poor Joseph. Poor go- Joe. Poor Joseph goes in and tries to say, hey, Whitney, and she's not responsive. And uh, we leave the scene, and I'm looking forward to seeing the resolution to this yeah, particular huh. storyline as well. She's going to get her groove back. Everything's going to yeah, be Yeah, everything's fine. Anyway. Everything's y'all fine. May be, y'all may see where we're going with this, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jarvis and Carter have a moment. He drops her off and the same New York street, but it's supposed to be LA, but whatever. It's Warner Brothers studio. He's dropping her off in front of the Auerbach theatrical agency. Sure. Um, He's dropping her off at the SSR. Yes, yes, he is. Um, so Jarvis is like sad because she's apparently going to go back to New York and. Right. She's like. And she's like, look, my whole life is back there. My roommate. Remember Angie? She's back there. Like, oh, Angie. It's, my job is back there. Every, but everything's in New York. And Jarvis is like, okay, but like, LA's really great, even though I bitched about it mm-hmm. at the beginning of this season. Like, have you, have you tried a taco? How delightful. Like, <laughs> Which, by the way, it's was so going to cool be the other quote I was thinking about using. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good too. <laughs> anyway, she, Peggy's like, I have all these reasons to go back home to New York and, uh, and, this is after Jarvis had pointed out that the weather report for New York is sleet. And she's standing on this perfectly sunny day in L.A. Yeah. She's going to go home to sleet anyway. And Jarvis is like, okay, you have all these reasons to go home, but maybe you need just one compelling reason to stay. What could be that reason, Stephanie? Hmm. Cut to that reason. They are in Sousa's office. He's looking Susan so and Peggy. looking so dreamy with the sunlight in the background. Oh, and... it's yeah! Congratulations, uh, Jennifer Getzinger. This was a well done shot. Mm-hmm. He's uh, it's Peggy and Susa in Susa's office. He is signing off the last of the forms to officially formally close the Isodine case. Yep. Um, which, by the way, as he's doing this, I remember. Oh yeah. There's like a serial killer in L.A. that still hasn't been caught. <laughs> no, we're going to get to that, right? Yeah, sure. Next yeah, season. Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, and Susan, Susan, Susa, <laughs> Susan is like, okay, so the case is closed. Uh, I guess we're done here, but I do have one thing I want to talk to you about, about what happened at the rift. And Peggy's like, oh, you don't have to thank me. And he's like, I'm not gonna. Oh, you fucked up. Oh, <laughs> he points out by your own professed rules. You should have allowed me to be sucked into the rift and shut it down. Period. Is that so? Yeah. You talk a pretty big game when it's your life on the line, Carter, but when it's somebody else's, pretty big hypocrite. Nothing to say. No quick comeback. Oh, she's got a comeback. She kisses him. She grabs him and smooches his face. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My my partner had the quote of the day on the scene. He says, I wasn't sure if she was going to slap him or kiss him. Yeah, well, I think neither was she or him. Yeah. So, but no, she's, oh, it's a, it's a smoochy smoochy fest. She is kissing him. She shoves him all the way back into his chair, plants herself on his lap. Yes, ma'am. Correct. 
That is, yes. yes. Do all of that, please. Uh, yes. Oh. And then, oh. and then after they're done making love, uh, Peggy's like, "Hey, so Thompson gave me the arena key. Also, we need to find <laughs> Dottie. Also, there's a serial killer, and we're gonna wrap that up in two minutes, right?" Right. Okay. So no, uh, <laughs> she pulls she pulls away, and they gaze into each other's eyes, and she looks a little uncertain for a second. Uh-huh. But Sousa just looks at her and and nods and goes, oh, "Good point." <laughs> and then they kiss some more. Yeah, <laughs> they're in love, and it's gonna be forever, right? <sighs> and credits. No, there's one more scene. There's a post credit scene. It is a post credit scene. It's not a post credit. Yeah, it is because it happened before the credits and what I watched, and I watched it on your precious vaunted Disney Plus. We will discuss my my master Mickey in a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, would you like to talk about the scene that definitely happened before the credits? Sure, uh, if that's what you think. <laughs> um, uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah Agent wrong. Agent Thompson in his hotel room. He's on the phone with somebody. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Hey, look, uh, I gotta go." There's a knock on the door. It's like, "Look, I gotta go." They're not. They're they're kicking me out of here. Yeah, because he's he's got to go catch the flight. Yeah, he's on the phone presumably with Souza because because he's like, "What does she want? More vacation time?" Ugh, I guess I'm flying back to New York alone. So yeah. He hangs up the phone. He goes to answer the door and... He gets fucking shot. Square in the chest with a silenced pistol. And he's dead. Jack Thompson is dead. What? By some anonymous guy in a suit with gloves, steps over Jack's body, goes to the suitcase, fishes out the file on Peggy Carter, takes that and leaves. And that's the end of the show. And that's the end of the entire goddamn series. There is no more Agent Carter after this. So let's let's review the things that have not been resolved, yeah, shall we? Let's do this, please. Let's get Jack so Thompson. Angry. Jack Thompson, main character of the show, murdered. No questions answered on that. Uh, Whitney Frost remains insane in an asylum somewhere uh, with Joseph Manfredi's broken heart. Um, the key to the Arena Club thing. And the Council of Nine or the leftovers and, of the Council of Nine are still yeah, around. Yeah, what remains of the Council of Nine, uh, what, what will remain of them now that Whitney Frost is gone? Will they reform? I don't know. Could be. Where's Dottie Underwood? What, who knows? Who knows? What is Leviathan up to? Who knows? What What is Leviathan up to? Nobody knows, and we never and will. And we never fucking will. Because I, it's over. I am so fucking angry. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to my pain of years ago. So look, uh, Master Mickey, I am an acolyte. I serve Are you. Are you praying right now? I'm begging. Okay. I oh, am... I'm checking the screen. Your eyes are closed, aren't they? No. You're into it. Go on. Okay. Oh, there you are. Okay, go. I am wearing a Marvel hat that I have purchased from a theme park. I am wearing a shawarma <laughs> shirt that I have purchased from a theme park. I have this goddamn cup. And for those of y'all that are uh, not watching me on Patreon right now. I have oh, a... those are Mickey Mouse hands making a little rainbow heart. Yeah. Yeah. That is my heart right there. <laughs> I have not asked you of anything. And everything I have taken from you, I have paid for. Including a Disney Plus subscription. I am technically paying for two. or No, three Disney Plus subscriptions. Oh, wow. So two of my friends can have access to it. Because I want them to watch the shit you put out. <laughs> you, have, you have given me Captain Carter. 
Mm-hmm. Which is not a spoiler for Stephanie because I t- asked her ahead of time, hey, do you know this bitch shows up in I, a certain movie? I haven't seen Multiverse of Madness, but I know she's in it. I want more Agent Carter, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me now. I have not been this pissed <sighs> off about a show ending like this since my so-called life. Wow. Which, for you kids wow. that don't know what that is, don't fucking look it up. It's it's way outdated and it doesn't age very well. And Jared Leto's a prick anyway, so... Oh, wow, has um, he ever. But, uh, but seriously, uh, it is such a shame that the show got ended this way. I am surprised it did, because season one had such a great end, and the status of the show wasn't different. I mean, they came into this thinking they were going to have 20 episodes. No, you got shrunk it down to 10. They had to have mm-hmm. known there was north of a 50% chance that the show was going to end after season two. Right. And I did some research. Uh, what would season three have been like? We have no fucking clue. However, there was a huge groundswell of support to continue the show. Uh, uh, the showrunners wanted Netflix to pick it up. It didn't happen because mm-hmm. at this stage, you know, Netflix was already hearing rumblings that Disney was going to put out their own streaming service and right. it wasn't yeah. going to fucking happen. Um, um, and Haley, Haley Atwell beat the drum for it pretty hard. Haley Atwell beat she the drum. She was all over it. Haley Atwell beat the drum pretty hard until at Comic Con 2018 when she said, uh, "If we were to do more Agent Carter, they, they needed to be do they need to do something different for the character, and there needs to be a greater investment in the production value." Because it sounds like she mm-hmm. got burned a little bit by the fact that they were only given so much promotion for season two. Mm-hmm. Think back to when we did the first episode right, of season two. Yeah. Disney didn't do shit for promoting the show, mm-hmm. um, so. Um, and you know what? Haley Atwell got her wish. She was given Captain Carter. She got to do Captain Carter in What If. And years she, later. Yeah. Years later. And she's she's Captain Carter now. And one of the biggest bets that people are making for D23 in September, which is Disney's big, you know, uh, event, like their, their celebration event for all their properties, is mm-hmm. that there's going to be a Captain Carter show. Nice. I don't know if it's going to be animated. I don't know if it's going to be live action, but it's going to happen. And the way Haley, Haley Atwell was built, uh, like a shit brick house, she is ready for Captain Carter. So even if we get more Haley Atwell in, in the MCU, it's not going to be Agent Carter. We're never going to know what's going to happen next. And my heart is fucking broken. And fuck you, Stephanie, for making me watch the show. Sorry. Uh, so I'm trying to debate with myself, like how much I want to spoil for you. Are you, are you, are you, are you going to watch agents of shield ever? No, because okay. I, I did try to watch a few episodes after you showed me pictures of hot men's. I, I can't, I just can't get over the ABC uh, quality. It is, production. it is the ABC of it all is pretty intense. Yeah. Um. So, okay, then I will just tell you. And if you are listening right now and you are a viewer of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you haven't gotten all the way through it um, and you don't want spoilers for the last season or so, bounce. Skip ahead about 30 seconds or so. Whatever you got to do. OK, so Heather, it goes like this. I've got actually, I've got the screen up so I can actually see your face because I want to see your face for this part. OK, so in the later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, they start time traveling because why not? Of course. And for various plot-related reasons, they end up in 1948 or 9 uh, in an SSR S.H.I.E.L.D. facility mm-hmm. run by Daniel Souza. <gasps> Ultimately, they end up having to fake his death in the past. Because according to the true history of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daniel Souza died. He was murdered at a hotel in L.A. Mm-hmm. 
So they fake his death. They scoop his ass up. He is now a part of the crew. Oh, wow. He's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Daniel Souza is, I mean, and he's, he gets to do all the cute, charming, anachronistic stuff. They get him a much better prosthetic leg so he doesn't have to crutch around oh, that's anymore. Good. Stuff like that. He falls in love because he's got a type with the hero, the beautiful lady superhero on their squad. Aww. It is the best romance. It's so fucking good. So he does ultimately find love. He does have a happily ever after. They end up joining S.W.O.R.D. Oh, okay. They are out in space. As of the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he and Daisy are madly in love, flying around in space, solving intergalactic problems. Yeah. So what about Dottie? Never seen or heard from again. <laughs> but at least I gave you Daniel. No, you no. know what happened with Susan? I, ap- I appreciate that. Um, we don't know what happens with Jarvis. We don't know what happens with Anna, Sousa. Or not, not Sousa. Uh... Uh, Dottie. We know what happens to Howard. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we laugh so we don't cry. We know that he gets murdered. What I want to know is because clearly Jarvis is not. We don't see Jarvis appears again in Endgame uh, in the 70s. Right. Still working for Howard. So 30 years later, still working for Howard. Good for him. Um. But presumably by the time like Tony's grown and and Howard's dead, Jarvis is already gone. Yeah. So. Well, um, anyway, I'm glad I, I'm so glad I watched the show. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's television is a hard business and, you know, this is kind of the consequence of that. And right. it's a shame, but um, we got a lot more Marvel coming and I am grateful for the experience. Um, I am at least happy that Haley Atwell it's going to be in the MCU for a lot more, mm-hmm. it seems like. I'm glad at least some version. Again, I haven't seen Multiverse of Madness, so I don't know much about Captain Carter other than what I saw in What If, which I liked very, very much. Right. Um, but I'm glad some version of Peggy Carter is still out there because I fucking love Peggy Carter. Uh, I fucking love her. I think that I can't wait to see more of her. We shall see. But I guess that's okay. Okay. Do we have final thoughts on the series aside from the heartbreak of the fact that it's over? Um, I mean, I think I said it. I said everything I wanted to say. I'm grateful for the experience. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at the end, but that's out of our control. There's nothing we can do. There's a lot more Marvel. Haley Atwell is still in the MCU. Um, and you know, every time she makes an appearance, it's very impactful. So I, 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 I got nothing else now. I, Always loved this show. I'm so glad that you went on this little journey with me. Uh, I'm so glad that you uh, decided to actually watch it and that you liked it. And uh, because I have always loved it Um, because it was so many firsts for me. First, we're seeing like just this badass, badass woman who was still, you know, a lady and still amazing and still herself. And but like going through the struggles and like i mean we've talked about it over this over this podcast little things like seeing women eat i was i was gonna i was gonna make that point actually right when you were talking it was like you know i i as a privileged male Mm -hmm. um never even knew that women eating on on screen was a big deal until we did this and so i'm i'm thankful for that um Mm -hmm. realization and that education um it's it's just and it's so good and i love that (sighs) you know I'm glad we did this. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we did this. I'm sad it's over. 
Um, but I'm excited for what we're gonna do next. We're gonna we're gonna fucking go right into modern MCU, like right just Yo. like that. <laughs> because again, we're going through uh, we're going through the MCU in chronological order. Uh, so we have just left 1947, and nothing pops up in its entirety. There's gonna be some like flashbacks and moments and stuff and scenes from. Hold on, I've got a giant fucking cat on my lap. So hi, Boomer. <laughs> the glazed look meow <laughs> that's she doesn't she's got a timeshare with the brain cell and this is not her day i love you oh she's like Purr. anyway um so we don't get another complete story on the timeline until 1995 and y'all um let me tell you i love i love captain marvel mm-hmm. the 90s jokes personally attacked me <laughs> and y'all kids that listen to us are going to get an education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cause we were, we were teenagers in the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking formative. Uh, so yeah, next time we're going to be talking, we're going to be doing a fucking movie. God, our, our first full length feature feature film on this podcast in 20 episodes. Yeah. 19 episodes. Holy shit. Uh, and then, so yeah. And what? So after that's Iron Man. All right, I got the list right in front oh, of yeah. me. Oh yeah, I mean, let's it's 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 like back to back. Captain Marvel, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Avengers, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Fuck. 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 <laughs> uh and we're going to here's the thing, we're going to go proceed through the main MCU core plot line. We're going to bulldoze forward through that until shit gets crazy. And then we'll decide if we're going to go back and pick up other shit that gets included in the canon. So my question is, when is our next show? Like, when am I going to have a safe anchor? Well, if we bulldoze forward through... I need to I need to update our list because I've got like all these Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes incorporated. And i got to delete those. If we keep bulldozing th- forward through everything, we got Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Civil War, Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Black Widow. Oh my god, really? Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Endgame, and then Loki. Loki is going to be the next TV show Loki's the do. next TV show. That's going to be after the entire Infinity Saga. We're, we're going to be fucking blowing through a lot of shit, and holy yeah. shit, I'm so scared. It's Loki, then WandaVision, then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Hawkeye, then Spider-Man Far From Home. That's as, that's as far. And then Eternals, I think. That's as far as I've gotten. We got a long way we to go. We got a long way to so, go. instead of focusing on your crazy long-ass game and when you're going to get your your anchor, your show, think of the Infinity Saga as the anchor that's of your what I, show. That's exactly, it just has long episodes. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're entering the Infinity Saga. That is its own show. Mm-hmm. They're just really long episodes, and I'm here yeah. for it. And um, i got going to warn you all, Iron Man 2 and 3 is going to be a trip, because I haven't seen those movies in a long fucking time. Oh, no, girl. It's been years. Yeah, I, it's been years yeah, and years. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I haven't watched any of the Iron Man movies in a very long time. I recently, so I, I, I rewatched the first one recently, and it still fucking fucks. So. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay, so next time we are talking about Captain Marvel. Oh also, yeah, I'm so excited. Baby, don't okay. hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more.
Okay, 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 okay. It's time to outro the show. Focus. Shall we outro? Focus. Outro. I'm focusing, I'm focusing, I'm focusing. Okay. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you want to hang out with us in between episodes, um, that's that's possible. <laughs> I encourage you to do so. Uh, you can find us on all of the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas, except on facebook where it's at the marvelous divas you can also subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform of your choosing <laughs> um leave us a review subscribe share us with your friends and by sharing us i mean the podcast not the podcast us specifically. Yeah. i am not shareable uh that's not what i, I mean are. i am but not for you people <laughs> anyway uh, uh also under our dark side divas brand we have a youtube channel if you look search mm-hmm. for uh, dark side divas on YouTube, you will find a visual version of our show. It's kind of tilting to Star Wars lately just because of the Star Warsness of it all. But we do talk mm-hmm. about Marvel stuff as well, so please subscribe and watch our show. We also have a Patreon where you can, <laughs> for five bucks a month, you can get video versions of us doing this shit. You can see my beautiful, gorgeous, uh, gay pride Mickey Mouse Disney cup right right now. It is true. Um, mm-hmm. And and exclusive content. Also, we have a great Discord community, the best community in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. that you can join. And that's five bucks a month. And and that is patreon.com slash divas podcast. Correct. And I am spent. <laughs> I'm spent. I'm done. I'm done. And, and go- thank you. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> you remember speaking of fresh new neuroses do you remember there was a guy oh, back, in, back in the college days <laughs> this is not gonna be good this is not gonna be good not go- we are not gonna name names okay but he was the short one mm-hmm. for when yeah. we were living in the duplex uh-huh yeah i'm so uncomfortable right now why are you doing this to me (laughs) okay okay but here's the thing you two are kind of like having a friends with benefits situation going on which is fine i support that uh but then he decided out of the blue apropos of exactly nothing that he was madly in love with me Mm -hmm. yeah which was awkward (laughs) because at that time i was kind of starting to date my current husband so his declarations of love for me were weird. Uh, but then, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when he decided he wanted to, the, the, the short guy, not my husband, the short guy, uh, decided he wanted to invite you and me both over for dinner at his place? Yeah. Here's the thing, y'all. Okay, picture this. He's he, This guy has a poorly lit one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> it was more like a studio bedroom. Or a studio apartment, because there was no, other than the bathroom, there were no walls, like, anywhere. Right. It was just, like, a room, and there was, like, a nook that had the kitchen in it, right? Okay. Right. Um, I don't remember exactly what dinner entailed. I believe there was rice, and so it was, like, a a sad attempt at stir-fry. But it was extremely salty. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But I remember both of us, like, we consented to go over there, and we were very awkward, and we sat down at this dinner, and we awkwardly ate it, and it was super salty, and then we awkwardly said goodbye, and then the two of us get in my truck, and we get maybe five minutes down the road. Silence. You and I were silent. Yeah. In a car together for long minutes. (laughs) And I I finally went, well, that dinner was like bad sex. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was trying to make like a threesome thing happen. Like this whole dinner invite made me like dread anytime anybody invited you and me to anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was like, is this going to lead to a, and so who wants to exchange keys? Like, <laughs> are we putting, let's put the car keys in the bowl, maybe. I don't know. Like, is this going to, are you trying, are you trying, are you trying to seduce us? Is that what's happening here? And like, that has been a persistent back of my mind issue with our friendship for like 20 years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, cause we're, we're cute. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only time it's happened. But yeah, that's a that's a lingering, lingering neurotic tick for me. That's so funny. Um, so yeah. when we get invited to do like podcasts and shit, I'm like, mm, Are we gonna, this going? <laughs> is this going to be a Zoom threesome? What's happening? <laughs> you know, if it gets us, if it gets us more patrons, I'll do it. <laughs> no. 